Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Chris Fagan is the Lions coach. Chris, great to have you on Crunch Time. Yeah, good to be with you, Jared. Got a smile on my face today, unlike last week. It's good. Yes. <laughs> so let's do the awkward stuff first of the power outage. Do you feel like the restart unduly compromised the contest? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably, first of all, what I would say is that it was a very unusual circumstance that none of us really knew what to do. So, uh, but my feeling post it was it was way too long. Um, and, and the other thing that happened also was that um, we we were told to stay in the rooms, and then we found out that sort of Melbourne had been out on the ground five or so minutes before we got out there warming up. So um, that was a little bit of an unfair advantage, I thought. Um, but I, I think uh, I think the rule is an hour. I think an hour is too long. Um, I think if a game can't be reconvened in 30 minutes, then probably, especially if it's in the dying stages, then that the game should, should be finalised and the result stands. But I think it's a good thing for the for the AFL in the industry to discuss. Hope, hopefully it doesn't happen very often, but we play football at night under lights, so I suppose it's always a chance. Were you on alert that what happened might happen at the restart with Melbourne throwing caution to the wind and, and kicking a flurry of goals? Well, it was obvious. I mean, I, I, I did talk to our players about, well, this is what they're going to do, boys, and... Uh, you know, just try and get your hands on the ball and slow the game down a little bit. But um, uh, I think they just got on a little bit of a roll and, and it was a little bit hard to stop. But thank goodness we won because we did deserve to win on the night. I thought we played particularly well until the game stopped. And I, I, felt, like, I felt like we had them on the ropes to a degree. They were looking pretty tight. It was a really hot night up in Brisbane. And I think that sort of that half an hour break gave them, really energised them a little bit. So... Uh, so probably psychologically, it was to their advantage. They had nothing to lose. So Dermot Barrett and I are the same. Is if if Melbourne had kicked the two more goals and won, we would feel like the game had been desperately compromised in its endeavour to finish. Yeah. Have you let your mind wander to how you would feel today if it if if you had got overrun? No, I would have refused to come on radio with you, Jared. <laughs> 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 hey, folks, D- Dermot here. How are you? Hello, mate. Are you going well? Yeah, going okay, thanks. Um, you've had a grumpy week as well, haven't you? You, you had a you snap back at a reporter? That Nothing in that, was there? Oh. Yeah, they always make more of those things than they actually are. Uh, yep. What do you, but, uh, yeah, no, look, it was, um, it was a funny week for us because we'd had, we'd had such a good pre-season on the surface, you know, we'd had good games against the Swans in Geelong and we came into round one full of full of hope and we played really poorly and I suppose you you get a little you have a bit of a reaction to that and you're a little bit on edge and maybe that showed in my in my press conference. I hope I wasn't too bad. Just no, got a bit fine. Pitchy on couple of occasions, mate. That was that was a happy day for you folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's Isaac. <laughs> Isaac Smith. Is it, have you still got that Norm Smith medal around your neck, Isaac? <laughs> Oh, I had to play selfless footy at Hawthorne, so I could never get one. 
<laughs> you're all kidding yourself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> now, Fags, there's a, at the start of the year, people ask us, Who's going to make the next jump? And there's some very good plays. You think, oh, there's a little bit of improvement in them. But there was one lad I forgot to actually say, I think he's ready to go next level. And we saw more glimpses of it last night. We saw it in that final that where they knocked you off here at the MCG last year. The boy, Barry, he is, he is a big, powerful kid. And it looks like you've learnt to, I won't say trust, but give him his head more that he can go out there and just hunt the ball. And he's a big, powerful lad. And you're gone. <laughs> you're still there. No, he's gone. Shake around in the background and, uh, is he, and see if we can find. Is he online there. from the Gabba? <laughs> now, now the phone towers <laughs> the have gone. <laughs> Surely there can't be that many cars plugged in charging on the east in, around Queensland at the moment, is there? Gee, they're taking our power. Let, let's just have another go. Fags, have you got us? No, no. Oh, it was a good question anyway. Is a it, really that kid. <laughs> That kid, uh, Jared Berry, is ready for next level. He is a big brute. He's, a, he's in the right age bracket now. Two years ago, he had the season-ending injury, which people sort of... You then get written down for a little while. Took the year to acclimatise again last year and started to play very well at the end of the year. And we saw in that final, he, he took it back to Melbourne and gave them a real fight in the middle. And once again, uh, last night... Out of the middle, especially in the first half, I thought his power away from the stoppage and his, the size of his body. He's a big, big guy. Wouldn't mind knowing how his shoulder is it too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, well, that was the yeah. follow-up. That was your follow-up. <laughs> right, yeah. OK. Yeah. Well, I think Brisbane have got two or three of those players that are about to take off. Yep. But we yes. might have Fags back here. We do. Uh, Fags, so first the power and now the, lo the phone towers have gone in Brisbane. You've got the apocalypse coming. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, mate. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so, Jared was just asking you about bill. Barry. Oh, Jared Berry? Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, he's um, yeah, he is a player that's um, I think on the verge of, of doing uh, better things. Um, he's he's had a few injuries across the course of the five or six years he's been here, but he's a big body midfielder. He's got a really good tank, um, and I felt like it. Uh, you know, one of the big things when you play against Melbourne, you've got to be good at the centre bounce, and that's where they'd gotten us a few times. And uh, we decided last night to put uh, Jared in there along with, with Josh Stunkley and Lockie. And they're bigger-bodied guys, and they, they matched up pretty well on the on the Melbourne players. So that was uh, that was something that worked out well for us. But he, he's um, yeah, he's an exciting prospect, I reckon, Jared. And he can, he can do a lot of things. He's a very handy player. So, so sometimes people call them breakout games. It sort of creeps up on you. But last year in that final against Melbourne, when he went in there, you could see yeah. him actually will himself. And, and as you say, he's a big body. Was that the moment you said, he's my weapon against Melbourne or in these circumstances where a big, big-bodied midfielder is required? Yeah, no, I think that is the case. He, he is a weapon, and he, you know he, he he loves that responsibility. It sort of he rises to the occasion. When you give him a job, uh, it seems to bring the best out of him, which is a pretty good uh, um, attribute to have, I think. How was he in the doctor's suite after? How's that injury? Uh, he just got a bit of a stinger on his um, shoulder, so uh, he's fine. He, I don't think he could do any damage to his shoulders. He's got that much strapping on them at the moment, but um, no, he's he's fine. Bags, without giving too much away, you added Dunkley, Gunston, Ashcroft and McKenna to your team in the off-season. A fair bit was made about that. 
Uh, how have those guys improved you? Because just from watching last night, I thought Ashcroft was nearly best on ground. Um, Dunkley was influential. Gunners, even though he didn't kick a goal, his ability to spot up blokes inside 50, and I think those selfless attitudes and traits that he's brought will only enhance you. And then McKenna gives you just a different look off the half-back line, more so than just trying to kick through teams. Yep, I, I think um, they're all bits and pieces that were missing from our from our, our squad, Isaac. Um, I felt like we lacked a bit of run in our midfield, and, you know, Dunks has got a, got a pretty good tank, so is, so is Will Ashcroft. And you're right about Connor McKenna. He, he brings that dash off halfback. He's just a little bit different to our other other defenders. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're always trying to bring bring new things to your mix. Every team tries to do the same. But we, we were fortunate. I think we had a good we had a good, a good summer in that regard, and that we're able to bring some players in that could help us. Folks, I wanted to ask you about an old timer though, Dane Zorko. So doesn't play a preseason match, misses round one yeah. with a hamstring, and um, geez, he brought some electricity. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a very um, underrated um, player, Dane. Um, he um, he's the thing about him is he just he lights us up. He he, he wins the ball um, and he's able to find a target um, uh, pretty easily and uh, uh, and gets the play moving for us. And his pressure is excellent. Um, I thought that was a great game by him last night, considering. I think his last hit out in a, in a practice game was early January. We played two tens. That was the last time we actually saw him play a game. You in a mini started. truck, Faye. <laughs> fixing the transformer himself. Well, we just pulled up down here at uh, our new training venue because our VFL team's about to play a game. So, uh, um, yes, there's a bit of activity here. Sorry about that. She'll be right now. <laughs> How long is it going to be until Gunners walks into your office and asks to be the number one target? <laughs> Oh, no, he's already done that, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, 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 mix, he mixes it up well because uh, our other boys are good long high ball targets and he's good on the lead up. And I still I think we're still learning to to play with Jack. He's such a clever player. And you've got to, you've got to always make sure if you're outside 50 that you you look late for him because he'll always turn up somewhere. Um, that's a good thing about him. He's, he's always presenting to the ball and, and giving the defender a few headaches. Will Ashcroft was superb last night. Uh, I know there'd been pieces that were being prepared to be published about. Will it be Nick Dacos or Jason Horn Francis that inherits the football earth in this generation? And Will Ashcroft just put his head up last night in his second game and told us, don't forget about him. What, what have you observed in, in a young man as he forges his way in the game? Yeah, he's beyond his years, really, the way that he goes about his training and preparation. That's probably what's made him different to most 18-year-olds that I've seen. He already knows a lot about the game. Uh, he's got great game sense. He knows a lot about how to prepare himself. So you're not... We haven't had to waste any time sort of teaching him those things. He's, he already has that. Probably probably his dad, Marcus, has probably taught him that as he's grown up. And, he, and I think he's a naturally driven sort of young man. And, you know... He responded well to last week. Yeah, he, but he, by his standards, had a disappointing game. Um, but last night, you know, he's he's had 30 touches. He's won clearances. He's tackled hard. He's played in a variety of different positions on the night, um, which is which is great to see. So, um, no, we've got high hopes for him. He's very level-headed. Um, sometimes I think he's too serious, but I'll, I'll live with that if he's going to produce footy, footy like that most times that he plays. It was a pretty fair second game, I reckon. 
Yeah, you're a wonderful young player. Uh, folks, I love it when you get philosophical. If you can drop some of that philosophy on us here. We as analysts, we look at things and we, and we make up parameters and we make up scales and the cats are sitting zero and two now, uh, for example, and we, we look at these things and say, oh, 16% of teams that are zero and three uh, 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 can get their team, can get it back on track and play finals. That's proven. And what, what do the coaches say about the early win scenario if you are zero and two, zero and three, one and three, those types of things? Or do you just coach in the moment and it all looks after itself? What's the philosophy on that in coach world? Yeah, oh, look, I think you're you always like to win your early games if you can. Um, there's no doubt about that. And I remember a few years ago, we were a, a relatively unlucky uh, one win and three losses at the, the end of four games. But I, yeah. I think, I think what, well, I remember what I did. I was just more looking to how we were playing. And um, we're actually playing okay. And we're playing well enough to win probably most games of footy against most teams. But we just struck the, you know, struck the dogs up at Ballarat on a, on a windy day and uh, we'd gone down by a point to Geelong uh, down at their grounds. Um, so our form was actually all right. So I think uh, I think the key to it is don't press the panic button and create negative momentum uh, because, as we know, in, in sport, there's a lot there's a lot uh, rides on momentum, and it's not just positive, it's negative momentum as well. And I think your job as a coach is to uh, try to keep everybody optimistic and look for those bits of evidence that suggest that you're, you're playing well enough and that you if you do that most weeks you're going to win a lot of games so that's that's the approach that I've always or I've always taken I mean I, I sort of hate it when you get into those positions but nevertheless there's always you know round three four five there's still a long way to go on the season and you know Isaac could tell you that last year what were the cats were four wins and five losses after nine games uh, yeah. they, they end up up and win the premiership so uh we all, people are always really good at coming out with those stats about what you can and can't do. And as a coach, I think you just got to make sure that nobody nobody really believes that. That we just stick to stick to what we know and stick to the process. So I was so interested in the art of coaching this week, Fags. It felt like like to listen to Lockie Neal. The players totally owned the failure of the opening round. But I was curious yeah. when you were driving to the ground last night. Were you? Super confident that there was going to be a response that that you would see what you had built over the summer, or were you were a little bit on tenterhooks as to okay, so how how do we actually play after after blowing the the start in the first game? Yeah, look, I was confident that we'd respond. I, I, I wasn't necessarily confident that we'd win because we're playing a really good side. But what I was hoping for was just a better, a way better performance than what we put up last week, and I just knew from all the the statistics from the game, their own measures on themselves. If you look at the GPS, there was a whole lot of things where every single player on the list was so so well below below what their their normal scores are. So it was just too many at the one time to to think that it was anything other than a just one of those days when things didn't go well. And so I must admit, granted them a mulligan and and just uh, said, right, our boys, season starts this week and. Um, they, they responded, which was which was really good. A footballing mulligan. Yeah, I don't know how many mulligans I get. Hey, Chris, can I just ask about one of your players who's not out there at the moment? Obviously, a lot being said and done at the moment in the concussion space. And Marcus Adams. Um, look, some of the stories and, and the symptoms that you hear from him are, are just terrible in terms of his day to day life. Forget football. I mean, are we 
are we foolish to think that he might be a chance to play again this year? I mean, how serious is his situation, or is he is he had a turn for the good? No, he's 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 um, back and forth. He has his good days and not so good days. So probably not a lot's changed at this this point in time. Um, mm. Oh look, I'll be I'll be amazed if he if he plays this year. And, I, and to be to be fair, I'll I'll be amazed if he plays again. And I and I and I just my my main concern is that he that he gets right and can live a, a really good and fulfilling life and not be troubled by this for a long time because. Uh, that's the key. He's 30 years of age. He played football in a really brave way. One of those guys would always go back with a flight in the air. Um, so, I, no, I'm just hoping that he gets right and can and be fit and healthy for, for normal everyday tasks. And uh, if he plays footy again, well, that's an absolute bonus. But I'll probably, as a coach, I'll probably feel pretty nervous about putting him back out on the ground again after what he's been through. Yeah, that, well, that speaks to the very modern... I mean, that's the sharpest edge to a theoretical debate is there, there are moments where we just have to pause, Chris, and just have a look at the reality of the circumstances right now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, I agree with that 100%. Great to have you with us, Chris. Well done last night. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, all the best for you. And good to talk to you, Isaac. Good to see you starting up a media career, mate. <laughs> well, I've, I've stopped the late night phone calls to you, so I'm, I'm getting a bit of sleep, which is good. <laughs> okay. Good on you. See you later.